That's what I say. Amen. Thank you, Lori, for leading us and reminding us of what we already know. This is my Father's world, and may we never forget that. He is in charge. He is in control, and that gives us peace, and that gives us hope. We're glad you've joined us tonight. Thank you for being here. Those of you who are here in the sanctuary and all of you who may be joining us by Facebook Live and uh, live stream, we welcome you and we pray that as we worship together tonight, you feel God's presence no matter where you are. Um, Todd is taking a little time away this week and uh, we're glad that he's being able to rest and uh, we're just glad that you're here and we can worship uh, together tonight. Um, so why don't you at this time, just stand and wave at everybody around you and let them know that you're glad they're worshiping with you tonight. And then we'll sing together. They'll know we are Christians by our love. Thank you, and you may be seated. What an appropriate hymn to sing at a, such an appropriate time. They'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Tonight, I know you do not have a prayer sheet. Uh, you can go on our website 
and look at that prayer sheet. But we're going to have a time of prayer for all of these who are on our prayer sheet. And uh, you may have others that you want us to pray for. Um, I don't have a microphone so we can hear you. But uh, if you have prayer requests, you can just lift up your hand and say, I have a prayer request. And we'll remember those as we pray together tonight. We'll take a few minutes as uh, Lori plays just a little soft music in the background. We'll take a few minutes for silent prayer, and then I'll lead us in prayer. So why don't you join me in a time of prayer together? Father, tonight we come into your presence thanking you for your love to us, thanking you for uh, your sufficiency, and thanking you that you are our all in all. And Lord, Lord we just pray that in our lives that you will be glorified in all of our actions, in all of our attitudes, and in all of our ways. Father, we love you and we thank you for the love you've given to us and for the way that you have made us to become your children, heirs of your kingdom. Join ours with Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for that great gift. And tonight, specifically, we want to pray for many who are on our prayer list. We continue to lift up Madeline Perkins. We're glad she was able to be home and recovering at home. So we pray that your uh, healing presence will be upon her. And for Charlene Steinbrecher, who has some health concerns, and continue to pray for Carlton Winters and for Bob Gilbert, uh, for ZT and Vivian Lester as they recuperate, and for Glenn Bottoms, who has had surgery recently. And we just lift all of them up to you and ask that you place your healing hand upon each one of these that are on our prayer list tonight. And we remember, Father, tonight, the Bill Sykes family. That was an uncle to um, Angie Parker, a great uncle, and passed away yesterday. So we lift that family up to you in prayer tonight and pray that you would surround them with your presence and, and help them, uh, help comfort them during this time of loss. Lord, there are so many others who need a touch of your hand. And as in the quietness of this moment, we lift from our hearts those requests to you. And we just pray that your will would be done, Father. Sometimes what we want, we know what we want, but more than anything else, we want your will to be done. So we pray that you work your will and your way in each of these lives no matter what they're dealing with, no matter what they're going through, you are the great healer, and we tap into that healing power. Thank you, Lord, for again, for loving us, and thank you that your spirit is present with us 
in this place tonight. And may we honor you and may we glorify you with all that we say and with all that we do. For it's in your son's name, Jesus Christ, that we ask these things. Amen. We're just happy that the Old Forks Pickers or the Joel Miller Band, whichever one they're called now, we're not, we're not quite sure. Uh, they did, I don't know if you know what these guys have been doing. Most every Wednesday, they're out ministering to nursing homes, to uh, assisted living places, and I don't know what else. Um, but, um, but today they had a uh, radio interview and they sang at Renfro Valley. So they've been way down in Renfro Valley today and they're all warmed up and uh, he called it the Joel Miller and his band on the radio. So that's where that came from tonight. So and I got to hear about it all the way home. <laughs> but we're glad these guys are here and they're gonna lead us for a few minutes before I come and share our devotion tonight.
mind if we try a new song on you here? I guess that one was new. We just practiced that one before we, before we came up here tonight. So we're doing two new ones tonight. So uh, this is one of them called uh, Mercy Walked In.
Thanks, guys, for your beautiful music, and thanks for the way you're sharing that with so many people uh, every week. And, uh, you know, every time I see Joel Miller, I'm looking for an instrument he's playing with his feet while he's doing that on the piano and his guitar around his neck. Man can do anything. It's great. Joel, thanks. Uh, Joel Miller Band, thank you all for, for being here tonight. I'm glad to be able to with, be here with you tonight. Uh, thank you for uh, allowing me this opportunity uh, to share for a few minutes. But I want to remind you that this coming Sunday morning, and I've talked to some of you about it, we'll be taking communion. Uh, some of you have seen these. Some of you haven't. We have these little cups that we'll be using. And um, on the top of the cup is the bread. And there's two little layers here, so you have to peel back that thin layer to get the bread. And then you peel back the other layer, just like a creamer, uh, for, the, for the grape juice. But we'll be using those. If any of you who are here tonight and know you will not be here Sunday morning if you're not comfortable coming Sunday morning, see me afterwards and I'll let you take one of these home so you can share communion with us from home if you uh, want to do that, if you want to take one of these. And then those of you who join us by Facebook uh, and by live stream, we invite you to join us. Just have your elements ready at home uh, to receive uh, communion with us this Sunday morning. But that'll be at both services this Sunday morning. And when you sign up this Sunday, remember there are two places to sign up, one for 8.30 and one for 11 o'clock. So uh, you make sure you watch that when you're signing up so you don't sign up for the service you don't want to come to. So uh, it makes it a little easier on our guys uh, who are seating if, if everybody knows where they're, what uh, service they're going to attend. But anyway, these are crazy times, aren't they? They're just crazy times. And it's probably not the time that, uh, the way we would choose to do uh, church. But as I've always said throughout this whole thing, I'm just glad we're able to do it. I'm glad we're able to be together, even though I don't see your smiles. I can pretend that everybody's smiling <laughs> under those masks. Um, but, um, you know, you've done what we've asked you to do, and I and Todd and all the staff is just very grateful that you've been so cooperative and you've been so willing to do whatever you have to do in order for us to come together and be together. And I think it's kept people safe, and we pray uh, that it continues to do that. And we're so grateful for John and his committee and everything that John and Vicky together really have done uh, to help us on Sunday mornings, and uh, it's, 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 a, it's a bigger task than what you realize. And uh, we're just very grateful that we're all able to work together and we're able to be together as best we can. And so thank you all. Thanks for your patience and everything. And again, if you want to take one of these with you tonight, you let me know after the service. And we have them in baggies, and they were put in baggies with gloves. So the human hand has never touched those except for this one you can't have this one because I've touched it and I've breathed on it and everything else so I'll leave that one here for me uh, for Sunday morning tonight I just want to briefly uh, talk about what it is to be a true servant and what some of the attributes are uh, to be a servant I'd come closer to you but I don't have this is the only microphone I have so I'm going to stand up here but at least have a, a smaller pulpit where I can see over and you can see me too. So uh, thank you for uh, bearing with me for staying up here and looking so formal. You know, those of you who know me know I'm not that formal. So anyway, talking about what it means to be a servant and what uh, it looks like to be a sermon. And 
I've chosen a couple of passages of scripture in the beginning. The first one from Psalm 1 and then from Galatians 5.22. I'll share the Psalm passage first. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. And then from Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So I guess I ask two questions tonight. What does it mean to be a true servant of God? And what, does a, uh, what are the habits of a true servant of God? First of all, I think you have to think like a servant. How do you think like a servant? Well, a servant seeks the approval of his master. A servant does, he seeks the approval of his master and, and he knows who is Lord and who is the master of his life, and he seeks every day to please the Lord and master of his life. We read these words in Mark 12, verses 28 through 31. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer and asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And there is no greater commandment than this. That is such a very familiar passage of scripture to all of us because it is the, great, the greatest commandment of all is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. And as servants, we must live by that commandment. If we're to be true servants of God, we will live by that commandment. And we must put it into practice every day in a relationship with the master and with the Lord. It needs to be our highest priority. It needs to be our highest priority. And if, if it is our highest priority, it will be evident to all around us that we love and we serve the Lord Jesus Christ. It'll give us the capacity to love our neighbor as ourselves, And by doing so, we're saying that we want everyone, our families, our friends, our coworkers, and all with whom we interact, we want them to know and love God in the same way that we know and love God. And there's nothing more important. And your love for others grows out of your love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Second, as we're thinking about what a servant looks like, when you grasp fully the importance of this great commandment of loving one another, it becomes a natural part of who you are to speak like a servant. First, we have to think like a servant. Secondly, we have to speak like a servant. And Proverbs 6, 16, 24 says, pleasant words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. 
When you speak like a servant, you will notice, people will notice the love in your words. And it will be genuine. When you have a deep and abiding faith and when you have a very strong relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, people are going to know that is, your words are genuine when you speak in love. And it helps us keep from saying negative things about people or talking about negative uh, situations about other people. It helps us choose our words wisely. And I know we're not always, um, I know I'm not, I can't speak for you. I know sometimes I don't choose my words wisely and I have to be reminded of that. And this reminds me of that. But you'll notice as time goes by, it gets easier and easier to consistently speak like a servant. And thirdly, we must listen like a servant. As a counselor, as a mental health counselor, I'm in the profession of listening. It's very important that I listen to the people that come to see me and really hear what they have to say. And we always have to seek ways to help meet the needs of the people around us, to meet the needs of others through encouraging words, through visits with them, although right now it's a little more difficult to have visits with people, but through visits with people, helping with the needs of their children, helping children and other adults who may need the help that only we can give. And it starts with listening to others listening with empathy and listening with compassion. We must listen with our ears, but we also, and more importantly, we must listen with our hearts. We must listen for our, with our hearts. Have you ever been talking to somebody and, and wonder if they're hearing you? I've been in situations where I wanna stop and say, are you listening or are you just waiting to talk? You know, lots of times, uh, and when we're, you know, when, when we're talking to someone, they're not really listening to us. So it's important that we listen. It's important that we hear the needs and we listen with empathy and compassion to other people. God can use the gifts that he's given us to help meet the needs of other people. And if we can't do it, we point them in a direction to someone else that maybe have some gifts that we'll be able to to help them and meet their needs during that time. We must establish a pattern of offering encouragement to everyone around us. You know, I know how I feel when I get words of encouragement. I don't do it so much anymore, but I used to keep what I called an encouragement file. And when people would send a letter or a card of encouragement, I'd stick it in that. Well, it got so big and after 40 something years, I had to clean that out but I kept the ones that were just very special to me. And it's, it's so healing and so comforting to go back and pull some of those out and read them from years ago. You know, people offering words of encouragement. And it's so important that we do that, that we offer words of encouragement to people throughout this journey. We must laugh with people. <laughs> we must cry with people. We must celebrate with them and we must do whatever the situation, situation calls for us to do. And as a servant, we've got to be keenly, keenly aware of the needs of the people around us. And when I lived in Hopkinsville and uh, did a little work at the high school, just 
not working for the high school, but with the choral director there. And remember, Barbara, Barbara was a tremendous uh, choral director, and she was a tremendous personality. And she was one of those personalities that just drew people to her. You know, the kids absolutely loved her. And throughout the day, she probably had 400 or 500 students that came through her classroom. Everybody wanted to be part of what she was doing and, and experiencing. And Barbara had the greatest listening skills. Barbara understood the needs of others. And I remember her standing in front of her class one day. Something had happened, and um, she was standing in front of the class, and somebody had said something to someone next to them, and she stopped, and she said, you know, you need to be very careful with your words because you never understand or you don't know what they've been through before they walk through these doors to this school. We don't ever know what other people are experiencing. We don't know what they've experienced at home. We don't know what they've experienced before they walk through these doors. So it's very important that we listen and we're very compassionate and we're very careful about how we, how we speak and how we listen uh, to other people. Fourth, we must have servant vision. Jesus had servant vision, most definitely. And we find that in many passages of scripture, but especially in Matthew 9, 36, says, when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Being a servant means that we look beyond ourselves with compassionate eyes. When we begin to look outside the walls of our own lives, our eyes are opened to see the hurts and the pains of those people around us. It opens our eyes to see their need for seeing the love of Jesus Christ in us so that they will come to know that same love. Sometimes we have to look beyond our own needs and desires in order to see what others are going through and what others need and what gifts God has given us for us to share with them. And we should never act out of duty. We should never, ever act out of duty or um, look at servanthood as a requirement. It should be something that flows naturally out of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And I've been guilty of saying, well, I'm going to do this. I don't really want to do it. You don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you have been in that same place? I don't really want to do this, but I feel obligated. But being a true servant, being a true servant, means that you don't do it out of requirement. You don't do it out of obligation. And we should never, ever act out of duty as a servant. It should be just a natural part of who we are in Jesus Christ. And then fifth and lastly, we must love like a servant. Must love like a servant. It is impossible to love God it's impossible to love God and not have love for and compassion for our fellow man. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, And all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, for God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And to be able to love other people, we need to humble ourselves and be able to see 
and listen and hear and, and look beyond ourselves. The humble servant is one who is not proud and arrogant. We must serve with humility and we must love unconditionally. And a good servant knows when to admit when they're wrong and they need to be willing to correct that wrong if possible. A good servant must always be able to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And their actions afterwards will show that it is from the heart. A lot of times, I'm sorry is just thrown out there. You know, some, what is your first response sometimes when people say, I'm sorry I did that? What, what, is, what, what is your response? Oh, oh, that's okay. But you know what? That shouldn't be our response, whether they've wronged us or not, whether we feel like they've wronged us. They feel like they have, and they feel like they need to apologize. We need to say, I, expect, I accept your apology. And that, that, lead, that puts the responsibility on them, number one. And number two, it relieves them of, okay, this is, this is good. I've been forgiven. And um, the one thing about saying I'm sorry, I don't know how many times people can say I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and then they never change their behavior. Have you experienced that? Being truly sorry means that you change. You never go back to doing that same thing again. It means you're truly repentant and you're truly sorry for whatever has happened. So tonight when we think about a servant, being a servant, we think and we speak and we listen and we see and we love like a servant. And we will give like a servant. When we do all that, we'll give like a servant and we'll share those things that God has given us with others. By doing so, we embody that Christ-like image, that Christ-like image that we have, having trusted him as our Lord and Savior. And it's a lifelong process. We develop it throughout our whole lives. It doesn't matter how young or how old we are. We keep developing that Christ-like image until it is finally refined in his presence. You will do it well when you do that. And you'll spread what I call the fragrance of God when you're able to do that. And God teaches us how to, um, he teaches us how to be effective servants. And, and you know it begins certainly with our relationship with him. It begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And being a true servant, once we have accepted him as our Lord and Savior, being a true servant grows out of a study of his word of God's word and out of our deep and abiding faith in him. And as Christians, it does just become a natural part of who we are to be servants. It really becomes a natural part and we don't have to, we don't have to work at it. My challenge to myself and to all of you who are here and all of you who are listening tonight is to dig deeply into God's word and know what he has to say about the way we are to live our lives. And all the answers, all the answers to our questions are in this book right here. Every answer is in this book. We just need to take time to read it and to study it and see what God's word has to say about every situation in our lives. When you have questions, the first thing you need to ask is, what does God's word say about that? What does God say about that? You will find it in this book. 
In closing tonight, I, I've shared this uh, probably with you, but I've shared it many times uh, at funeral services and, uh, you know, for people who had such a glowing, uh, such a glow about them in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, it's a prayer that was written by uh, John Henry Newman, and I've grown to love it through the years, and like I say, I've used it often. And it embodies all that we are as servants. So as we kind of close out tonight, I'd like to share that prayer with you, if you'll allow me to do so. It says, Dear Lord, help me to spread your fragrance wherever I go. Flood my soul with your spirit and life. Penetrate and possess my whole being so utterly that all my life may only be a radiance of yours. Shine through me and be so in me that every soul I come in contact with may feel your presence in my soul. Let them look up and see no longer me, but only you, O Lord. Stay with me and then I shall begin to shine as you do, so to shine as to be a light to others. The light, O Lord, will be all from you. None of it will be mine. It will be you shining on others through me. Let me thus praise you in the way you love best by shining on those around me. Let me preach you without preaching, not by words, but by my example, by the catching force, the sympathetic influence of what I do, the evidence, the evident fullness of the love my heart bears to you. Amen. Doesn't that just say it all? So that we'll be a light that shines, and it will be his light that shines through us. And that is truly who we are as servants, allowing his light to shine through us. So appreciate you being here tonight and sharing in this service. And guys, thank you all so much. Whatever the name of the band is, we're glad you're here. Thank you for blessing us. Um, we'll end we'll, by standing and singing a song, and, um, and then we'll be dismissed. We're probably a little earlier than normal, but that's okay. Uh, we've we've been, had a great time together tonight, and um, I always love doing this because I probably get more out of it than you do, uh, you know, from studying about it and, and uh, you know, just trying to figure out where God wants me to go with these kinds of things. So um, I appreciate your patience. And, but anyway, uh, I'll remind you again about these. If you want one, I'll be standing back there, and I'll make sure that you have a little baggie you can take home with you if you're not going to be here Sunday morning. So why don't we stand and sing together, In My Life, Lord, Be Glorified, and let that be our closing prayer tonight. That's our prayer. Lord, be glorified in all of us. Thank you, guys, and be safe going home tonight.